He's Christian. He's Jimmer. Welcome back to two PTs and, and a bag, bag of, of chips. Chocolate chips. Chocolate covered potato chips. It smells so good. It does smell really good. I brought my coffee. Well, that's good. That's because it go goes well. well with chocolate. We are going to cover imaging, the value of imaging, and we are going to review Dieter's Chocolates chocolate covered potato chips. Dieter's is a local chocolate store, chocolateria. Chocolatier. Chocolatier. They make chocolates. When I was at DU, it was called Dietrichs. And now it's called Dieter's. Yeah, it's more politically correct. Less German. Oh, okay. Well, now we know. Dieter's. It does smell really good. We're going to go quick today because we yeah. got to get to these we chips. Wanna, maybe we should start with the chips. Now nah, that, nah, that would be weird. Imaging. Today we're going to discuss purely the value as it relates to orthopedic injury, not other stuff. Do, do we include the spine in orthopedic injury? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So well, we won't be talking about uh, searching for cancer or how it relates to other right, right, internal right, right. organs or anything along those lines. This no. is purely related to musculoskeletal. That's about it. Detection. Yes. I, I, I think we can sum it all up in the fact that over the years, imaging has taken on too much of a diagnostic role and less of a confirmation role. Initially, imaging was used to confirm what the diagnostician had found. Yeah. And now with, well, we'll get to that probably. But so, yeah, I think now that we're using imaging more to diagnose instead of to confirm. I think that's definitely the case. When we talk about imaging, we're talking about plain films, which we most of the time talk about as an x-ray. We talk about MRI, we're talking about CT scans, and bone scans. You get a little bit of ultrasound in there these days, but that's not nearly as common or popular, though it may become more popular in the next decade or so. Yeah. Yeah. But we won't really talk about that much today because it's sort of its own thing a little bit right now. Yes. It's very specialized. Plain films are great at looking at bone, and some good radiologists can infer a lot more from that, but that's the majority of what you're going to see. Yeah, so confirming fractures, dislocations, and when we're looking at spine imaging, we can look at um, vertebra position, looking for spondylolisthesis, which is a condition where the vertebra is shifted forward or backward. Um, on top of the next one. And so those type of conditions are easily found on x-rays. Yeah. The other thing you see there really well is joint space. You'll see how close the, the bones are to each other because uh, cartilage isn't going to show up very clearly. It'll come up as basically just empty space and that'll give you a good indication of that. And when we're looking for joint space, that's when we're looking for arthritis. If, if somebody is a candidate for a possible joint replacement, if there's zero joint space, it means there's zero cartilage left in the joint and you're dealing with bone on bone. So that, that's a good confirmation as well. Yeah, it's pretty rare. Uh, plain film is relatively inexpensive, usually runs around $100. And so it's one of the most commonly used, and in a lot of cases, your insurance company will make you get one of those first before they'll let you do anything else imaging-wise after that, which is interesting. Yes. The mo next most common one is probably an MRI, which is going to do a really good job of showing soft tissue as well as bone. 
and that's going to depend a little bit on the contrast used. So you can do one without contrast, or you do a T1 or T2, and those are very specific, and we won't talk about that here. But it's just going to highlight certain structures more than others. So if you're looking for something specific, you may do a contrast one way or another. An MRI becomes substantially more expensive. Low end, seven, eight hundred, upper end, well into the you know the early thousands there depending on the the area that needs to be covered and like Christian said whether or not there's contrast involved for doing T1 or T2 um, weighted imaging that that could be a little bit more expensive as well or if we're dealing with somebody who's claustrophobic and you need to be in an open-sided or a seated or upright MRI that's going to add to the cost as well it may not necessarily add to the value of the imaging but it will add to the cost. Yeah, the next one after that is a CT scan. This is pre pretty similar to an MRI. There's just much more radiation involved with it, and so it is, it is less likely to be used unless something is very much suspected and you want a, a really high-quality image of that specific structure. And so that's going to, again, this is getting too specific. It's too... It's not worth discussing more detail than that, probably, at this point. No. It, it may be worth pointing out that, that MRIs, since we're dealing with magnetic resonance imaging, which is what MRI stands for, there's really no radiation involved. It's no. you just being, no. your body's being placed in a magnetic field, and that is being captured and subsequently creates an image. Uh, the advantage of MRIs over X-rays is that we can get much more detail um, in 3D, so we can kind of slice the joint or the structure that we're looking at into individual little slices and, and get a better understanding in a 3D picture of what might be going on, which could be beneficial when we're looking at, um, at a meniscus, for example, or at a rotator cuff. Any, any soft tissue structure, labrum is another good one that is used there, like tendon injuries, all that sort of fun stuff. Yep. The last one we're going to kind of mention is a bone scan. This is predominantly used to show where certain bone activity is occurring or, or not occurring, and that will be an indication of, of healing or trauma. And we see this a little bit more, for us at least, with, with stress fracture-related things or in the diagnosis of osteopenia or osteoporosis. Stress reactions is what Christian meant to say since we did a whole podcast on stress reactions. Yep. Well done, Jimmer. <laughs> The biggest thing with all this stuff is whether or not there's value. And it always comes back to the point of, is this image going to give us more information and help us change our treatment plan? And if it's not going to do that, then there's really very little value in having it done. Yes. So coming back to the earlier statement that we made about, mm -hmm. about diagnostics, if we already know what the problem is, if you have a good diagnostician who tests a knee and confirms there is an ACL tear, do we need to have an MRI to confirm that there is an ACL tear? Or can we, with 100% certainty, say that the diagnostic testing revealed an ACL so we're good to schedule surgery if that's indicated? All of this imaging can still miss from time to time. And so the official gold standard is to go in and take a look, which would be like an exploratory scope. Imaging is high 
not, you know, 95% plus accurate, but every once in a while you'll miss something or, or something will, will show up that is more of an artifact and isn't quite there. So those, those do happen every once in a while. But predominantly, you're, you just want to use that imaging to confirm or rule out what you're already suspecting. So it's really, really important to do a thorough hands-on examination and a good question and answer period to figure out the mechanism of injury and, and move from there. Yeah, the other problem I think you see is that an, an MRI will find, and we like to use the term, going on a fishing expedition. If you look for something, you're going to find something. So an MRI will find things. Um, let's use uh, the rotator cuff for an example. It will find, you may find a tear in the rotator cuff that is not necessarily contributing to the pain or problem that the patient came in with. So if we see a patient with shoulder pain and you don't do a hands-on evaluation, you immediately send them to have an MRI done. The MRI may show something that is wrong in, in the sense that it will show a rotator cuff tear, but that may not be part of the patient's problem. So if we skip the whole diagnostic process and we go straight to imaging, and based on the imaging we find a rotator cuff tear, we schedule surgery, we repair the tear, the patient goes through rehab, and lo and behold, the same pain is still there because the pain was never caused by that rotator cuff tear. Yeah, there's a really good study from 2004, and I'm gonna say this name wrong, by Brinjik et al. And it's called Percentage of Abnormal Findings on Lumbar Spine, MRI, and CT Images in Healthy, Pain-Free Patients. And this shows uh, essentially that individuals in their 20 will have some kind of relatable spine image problem. 30, starting in their 30s, it's, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of you know, 25 to 50%. And so if you're taking relatively young, relatively active people that are pain-free and imaging them, you will still find something. And so does that necessarily mean that that structure is causing their pain? And that's why you would do the testing. So the testing will tell you, you know, I suspect that Jimmer has a disc herniation and his symptoms are very consistent with that. Will it change the way I treat him by going in and doing a, imaging on that? And if the answer is he's numb and tingling and he's starting to muscle waste, then we should probably figure something out there. If he just has low back pain, not to belittle his pain, but if he just has low back pain, there's not going to be a lot of value necessarily in getting that imaging done today unless he had a highly traumatic injury that began that. He was recently in a car accident, he fell out of a window, something that you would suspect to be more problematic than I was sitting at my desk and now my back hurts kind of a situation. And that's what the value of imaging is really going to come into play. Yeah, if you have a multitude of injuries and you're trying to assess or even triage if there's anything scary or um, anything that, that, that requires immediate attention, imaging can be extremely helpful in, um, in, in doing a, a triage type assessment. But if you're dealing with somebody who has chronic shoulder pain or chronic lower back pain or chronic knee pain, doing a proper assessment can be way more valuable than immediately running to an MRI because the MRI may actually cloud your opinion on what, what is going on. It may 
influence your thought process and you may be trying to confirm what the MRI found instead of trying to find objectively what the source of the problem may be. And I think that's where, um, as physical therapists, where we would come from talking about value of imaging. Does the, does the value, does the image contribute to my thought process on this particular injury and on the treatment plan? Or is the image going to cloud or influence my treatment plan in a negative way? I think we're on to trivia. I like it. So last week's trivia question, why are beans the magical fruit that make you toot? Yeah, I, I guess nitrates. I don't know what that means, but I, I, something in the beans that makes you form gas, probably. Yeah, that's true. We didn't have any correct answers this week. This is a tricky, tricky question. But the answer is oligosaccharides. I had an article named oligosaccharide. Did you? Yeah. That's yeah, she came from Russia. Oh, cool. Uh, these are short chains of sugars. They're a form of carbohydrate. They're sweet tasting. You find them in fruits and starchy vegetables. And essentially what they do is they cause gas, uh, intestinal noise, bloating, stomach cramps, and diarrhea when consumed in large amounts. Sounds delightful. Yeah. Uh, this week's question, in which country would one find eight of the world's ten highest mountains? Good one. Good one. Fun one. Yeah. The U.S. isn't the right answer. I'm just The, the U.S. is not there. the right answer. No. We'll knock that right off the list. That made things a little easier. Yeah. It's a big chunk. Yeah. Ge geographically speaking. Just like 200 countries left. Are there that many countries? I think it's 204. Sure. Isn't that where we're at? Yeah, I don't we know. Can, we can wrong. eliminate a couple of other ones. I could be wrong. The Netherlands. Not known yes. for its countries. As it's known as the lowlands, that not, would be. Not known for its countries. Not known for its mountains. No. No. Probably not there. Can we do chips now? Yeah. We're on chip time. Ooh. Dieter's chocolate-covered potato chips. So we got two forms. Well, three. Well, four forms, I guess. We've got dark chocolate bar with chip pieces. Then we've got chocolate-covered chips. And then we also have the same in milk chocolate. So milk chocolate bar with chip pieces and then chocolate-covered what do you want to start with? Uh, that's a big look. You're going to want that folded one. The Let's folded go choc one. milk Let's go chocolate covered, covered potato chips. chip. Mostly chocolate with a little bit of salt in it, kind of. It's good chocolate, though. It was a big piece. Jimmer had a big piece. It's, it's good. I'm going to eat more of this. How about that one? Think I should eat this one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I don't know if it's chippy. Not chippy. It's crunchy chocolate, but I don't necessarily get chips. Mm -mm. I love it, but is it chippy? It's good. Should we do the cho dark chocolate covered chip now and then go to the bar? Yeah, that's a good idea. And it's the same thing, Same situation. Right? It's delicious. Mm -hmm. Just not chippy. And I don't know if you would want to eat a bag of this with a beer while you're watching the game. This is more like, to me, this is more like a snack that I would have with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Craving some chocolate, and I want some crunch or saltiness with it. They're delicious, but not super chippy. No, they are good, though. Yeah. I'm going to have some coffee. You should have some coffee. Bar. Milk chocolate to start? Yeah. 
Okay, milk chocolate milk bar. Milk chocolate bar covered in potato chips. And it has some on the inside, too. So they're not just on the outside, but also on the inside. And I'm going to put the whole thing in my Not to start. Hmm. I mean, there's more density of chocolate. You get a little bit more chip just because I think they're on the outside there to start. I was afraid the chips were going to be soggy, but they're not. They're not foggy. No. They're crunchy. They're just not the focus of the... No. Mm -mm. That's good, too. So it's kind of a dilemma here. Uh-oh. Because I really like it, so I should give it, like, two thumbs up. Yeah. But it's not chippy, and our show is not two PTs and chocolate. Yeah, yeah. It's two PTs and a bag of chips. So from a chip standpoint, I'm going to give this a two thumbs down. Oh, I see what you're doing here. I see where you're but going. But from a tasty standpoint, it's definitely two thumbs up. Yeah. As a food product, it's excellent. Yes. As a potato chip, it is not. No. It is not a potato chip, really. It isn't. It's lovely, though. Oh, Very it's, lovely. It's delicious. And I would, I would clearly eat the whole bar or a whole bag of this without yeah. any problems. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go two thumbs down. Two thumbs down for chip. For chip. Two and thumbs up for flavor. Yeah, but we're two PTs in a bag of chips. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, you, I think you spelled out the conundrum perfectly here. Mm. It isn't? Conundrum. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I was going to say dichotomy. Oh, that's good, too. But conundrum works. Yeah. I think your, your rating of the chip is, is good. I don't think we're looking at much higher than a... You know, a ruffled potato chip here, probably. Yeah, and I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters either. You could put anything in there. Yeah. Yep. But the chocolate is excellent. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. So I, I think I'm gonna. I'm think, I think you. I think you've graded this correctly. A wow. two thumbs down for chip. But it's certainly a two thumbs up, and I'm gonna eat more of it. Oh, absolutely. So it's gonna even out at almost a. No, it's. It's. I mean, it can't even out. It's very good. Because do, one doesn't upset the other. No, it doesn't. Because then it would be just a so-so treat, which it isn't. It's a delicious If the chip treat. was good, it would be like a three, easy three. Oh, yeah. But it's it's just not there. And I don't know how you would, you know, would you just put a couple of drops of chocolate on a really good chip? or interesting. That's the problem when you start mixing two really good flavors. I mean, I have dipped a chip in Nutella before. That's quite good. It, yeah. Which is not chocolate, but I see yeah, what you're yeah, saying. But there's, there's a... But it's kind of like the like the chocolate covered bacon, right? Yep. To me, I love both, but it destroys the bacon. Mm -hmm. Chocolate is so much more overpowering. I'm glad we're spending more time analyzing the chocolate covered potato chips than we we are the MRIs. <laughs> well, you know, this is important consumer information Pri here. Priorities. This is why people listen. Uh, it's very good. Go to Dieters, get some. Yeah. Absolutely. If you want a potato chip. This does not replace go, a Go to the 7-Eleven on the corner. Yeah, it's just nice But if door. you're looking for quality chocolate, this is definitely delicious. Oh, so. it's fantastic. Thank you, Dieters. Well, yeah. job well done. Yeah, excellent. All right, guys, thank you for listening today. Next episode, we're going to go over uh, ACL options. That was a request from That somebody. was a request, yeah. yes. That was a board request. So we're going to go over that. And then we're also going to review the Lorenz Crunch Chips Voodoo Party to us by uh, Liz Schneider again. Oh, this is from Europe. This is European chip again. This sounds this yeah. sounds so uh, delicious. This will be good. This will be an actual chip, so we can we can put our yeah chip sensors our stamp to work. on that.
If you like the show, please tell a friend, uh, follow, review, subscribe. If you're looking for information on this topic, follow us on Instagram and Twitter throughout the week. If you're looking for more information on rebound therapy, check out our website, reboundclinic.com. Yes, it's a great website. Yeah, if you're looking at um, adopting a puppy, um, there's a great program in Auburn, Alabama called uh, Puppies on the Plains, and there's one amazing little cute little puppy. She's Her so name cute. is Ginger. Adorable. Um, she needs a home. So if you're in Alabama, and I know we're, we have listeners all over the We're country. huge. We're huge in Alabama. If you're in Alabama, um, go take a look. All righty. He's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.